healthcare. It happens here, and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man leaves. Nearly a two-word review just said, shit sandwich. I will roll the record up to the next one. Right Welcome back, fellow music lovers. You are now tuned into yet another exciting adventure with us here on Hungry Glasses the Podcast. I'm your Kevin, as usual. We are so happy to have you down here yet again. Uh, talking about some jazz this week, Mr. McKay McCraven's Universal Beings. This is a thing that I'm. Um, been listening to it for a couple months now. It is uh, it's meditative. It is uplifting. It is universal, uh, to borrow from the title. Uh, it is everything. It is a masterpiece. Uh, this drummer from Chicago has uh, unique methods, and um, and we're going to talk all about it. It is. I think uh, you can look at our friend Marcus Moore did something on Bandcamp about it. He's actually the one who put it in front of me, and uh, and all I can say is that uh, it's one of the best albums of 2018. Um, but we're going to try to sell you on that here. And then uh, if you stick around after that, <clears throat> I'm going to talk to you about little Braxton Cook. We've talked to him on the, uh, or talked about him on the podcast for the Sounds of DC thing. He's based in New York now. Originally from the DMV. He's got a new album out called No Doubt. It's, it's a mix of R&B and, uh, and jazz and so It's great. The whole pod, all the music on this podcast is great. Come on. Uh, but we're going to be doing that. And then uh, maybe I'll tell you why you should vote. How about that? Uh, so that's what we're going to be doing. Let's waste no more time, and let's just get into it. I'm going to dial up the internet and, and connect with my good friend Wes as we dive into uh, one of the best albums of 2018, Mikaya McRaven's Universal Beans. We are. Uh, last time we talked, it was pretty serious. <laughs> yeah. Know? It was um, intense record. It, it was an intense record, and it's getting more and more acclaim. And uh, you know, apparently, uh, we turn a lot of people onto it. Yeah, so I think, let's hope I think, so. I think mission accomplished. There's something I don't know if I shared this with you. Um, have an opportunity to go down to Atlanta to talk to him. Yeah. It is artistry. So, I mean, you if, you come, that. That's... if you want to come down from Maine, we'll go down there. <laughs> you know, I actually lived we'll, in we'll Athens, Georgia trip. for a little while, and I would oh, love to yeah. go back down. It's uh, yeah. Most of my kind of friends from down there at the time, I think, have moved on. But right. uh, but still, I'd love to visit. And did, like, wow, what an opportunity. Yeah. Just like roll through and be like, hey, man. Um, yeah, just, wow. But, uh, but we're talking about Lonnie Holly's myth. And so if you haven't heard that, then you need, really need to just – Stop listening to us babble right now. For right now, put it on pause. But put it on pause and then come, come back, back later. And, this is going to be good. Uh, but <laughs> but but what we are talking about, I think this is is kind of an equally more important album in a very different way. You know, whereas Myth was all about um, it was all about the words first of all, but the words and the emotion of the words that drawn out. Um, we're talking about jazz. We're talking about Universal Beings by Micaiah McCraven, and this is this is um, it's going to take. It's it's really hard to explain. <laughs> it's like live but not but cut up it's four suites it's a a literal army of collaborators on this um a little background on this guy he was born in paris raised in new england near neck of the woods um and um now he lives in chicago um he is a drummer by trade but uh i think if you know anything about him this album or his work he is a whole lot more than this uh, he he makes what somebody has referred to uh, as organic beat music, and starting in 2015, 
he started an album called In the Moment and used uh, these sort of jam sessions, these loose jam sessions. Sometimes some of them were live sets that he was playing on and uh, almost like William Burroughs, the cut up method. Yeah. And put them all together in this in this sort of collage that doesn't sound like it sounds like it's being performed in front of you. It was it's it's a remarkable album. It got a lot of hype at the time. And um and this is sort of his besides just going out and playing jazz, this is his MO for making albums, is my understanding. Yeah, it seems uh, like it, at least you know, since that time he kind of discovered it for that yeah. record. Like I guess you know, it sounded like like he was kind of working on similar idea, like playing live jazz shows and then going mm-hmm. home and kind of, you know, cutting up these things and doing like, you know, production oriented things and then kind of hit on this idea of like, wait a minute, you know, you know, people from the International Anthem contact him and just like, hey, do you want yeah. to do these these shows and record them? And like, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> like, an idea. Like we can do that. So so in, he comes back in 2017 with just a live to four track, a basic thing, but it's kind of the same idea, um, a little more developed and, and he's getting there. Um, but and now in 2018, like after that, uh, the people at his label said, uh, you know, what if we set up these these projects? And he's like, you know, I've been thinking about this as well. Uh, so they set up uh, four sessions in late 2017, early 2018, in four different locations, New York, Chicago, uh, London, and Los Angeles, and four completely different groups of musicians. And it wasn't even uh, – my understanding is this was not sh- this was not like shows in front of people. This was like stuff that happened like after a show or before a show. I think the first one is live in an audience, or at least it like a couple. Of well, the there's tracks. definitely people there. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. And yet, like the last one, it is like the the, the you know studio credit is Jeff Parker's house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just like that's just amazing. <laughs> yeah, and and so people like Jeff Har- Har- uh, Jeff Parker, uh, Brandy Younger is playing harp on this. Uh, Shabaka Hutchins, mm-hmm. which uh, that guy. Is, wow. Uh, yeah. So he got him uh he just happened to be in Chicago for the Chicago section of this. Uh Josh Johnson, who's a bass player for uh yeah. Esperanza Spalding, uh to me. And he's Lee. playing alto sax on this one, not bass. When I first saw his name, I yeah, thought yeah. it was gonna yeah. be bass and then Yeah. Um and, and and what it is is um it all comes together in this wildly meditative wildly long, but wildly <laughs> meditative piece of music that is wholly much like myth. Unlike uh, just about anything I've heard recently, uh, maybe ever, uh, I wanna I wanna play a track from it. I wanna play like the, this is for me the standout track from it uh, uh, before we get into it. So to give you a listener an idea of this, this is this is some of Atlantic back. Uh, sorry, Atlantic Black, and this is uh, featuring Junius Paul, Tamika Reed, uh, and Shabaka Hutchins, and this was one of the ones in Chicago. So here's a little of Atlantic Black.
Atlantic Black off of uh, Universal Beings by Mackay McRaven. That that slow build into uh, I mean it's it's just a very controlled. Uh, it just feels like it's almost about to go off the rails, mm-hmm. and it's it's propulsive and there's this engine to it. And you know with the length of these tracks, uh, that's nine minutes and, and ten seconds. A lot of them, both of them are short, but most of them clock in about like six seven minutes. It, it it puts you in a in a trance and you start mm-hmm. to um i like i've just never experienced music quite in this way uh when i was coming back from Milwaukee the last time uh i had had two sort of hallucinatory experiences that were audio induced uh on the plane one of them happened to be a grateful dead song which is mm. uh, which is kind of you know similar this is like drums in space um, yeah, right. But but uh, but another one was this and this particular song, as the plane is like slowly descending into DC, and like I didn't fall asleep, but I wasn't really awake, mm-hmm. and it was wild, uh, <laughs> like, yeah. and just all these things bouncing around on your head. Mm-hmm. But that, you know, like you were saying, this is this is kind of like the only straight ahead free jazz on that record though yeah it's it's definitely the closest to that freestyle i mean you get little elements here and there i think part of that is because of the way he's cutting it up you know instead of mm-hmm. just having a live performance and you know i i like this idea that yeah when you're doing an improvised performance like you have moments of absolute magic that you are never going to get if you're playing the planning yeah. something in yeah, advance yeah, yeah. and yet at the same time you're also going to have some of those parts where you're just like whoa wait a minute like shouldn't i just done that or mm-hmm. you know um and so to take this idea of kind of pulling those elements that are pure magic of improvisation and yet looping and layering them and like wow that was so good that i'm going to do that again and you know put that on a loop here and whatever else he's doing with, you know, editing a lot of this stuff. I mean, it just, it, it is this hallucinogenic sort of like, you know, trance inducing feel in such an incredible way. Yeah. And, and I mean, in, in a, in a very real sense, I think the editing for this becomes a, a different, like a, a wholly separate instrument. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, you, you know, this isn't stuff that, um, you know, you mentioned the magic of the improvisation. This isn't stuff that you can just like, hand out the charge to the boys and like mm-hmm. have at it mm-hmm. uh this stuff was uh the conditions were set up so that it was very spontaneous it was very we're just gonna let this go and the tapes did roll for like two or three hours mm-hmm. and to be able to process that is um in the way that he does feels like a very unique talent yeah that we and, might and that we may thinking, not have seen and i'm trying to think of yeah. people to compare that to well, it's it's more – I remember reading something at one point um, that was saying that kind of he had this realization at one point that um, like crate diggers, you know, like like the DJs. I mean I, I went to college. I, I left for college in 1998 and went to New York City, um, you know, largely because I was really into turntablism at the time. And I was just like, all right. You know, I was like – I, yeah, I, I yeah, kind of yeah, moved yeah. through punk rock and metal, um, you know, which I was still really into but also getting really into turntablism. And, um, you know, I've never been – I've I've had periods and there's a lot of rap that I really do love, but I've never really been a huge rap fan just because, I mean, you and I have mm. talked before, like, you know, I have a hard time understanding lyrics. Um, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, I tend to be a more musical based um, and, uh, you know, even though I love a lot of, you know, country music or folk music, like stuff like that, you know, but um, 
to like turntable list stuff, you know, the, the crate diggers basically like like they know jazz records better than it was something yes. like and it was it was a quote they know from all him. Records. I think it was just yeah, like yeah, in, yeah, in Rolling yeah, Stone yeah. or something like that. Anyway, but mm-hmm. like it was it was like McCraven's just saying like they know yeah they really do know all records better than anyone else. But it's like you know they know jazz way better than the people who are paying fifty bucks and a two drink minimum to see a show in yeah. New York. You know, <laughs> and that was like going to college in New York. I would like you know it would only like I had this, these romantic ideas of of going to New York City and writing poetry in jazz clubs. You know, and then I get there, and it's like, oh yeah, thirty-five bucks for a ticket and two drink minimum, and I'm <laughs> right, like, well, shit, right. okay, I'm like nineteen years old, you know, I can't do that, and I don't have any right. money, you know. Right. Um, and so it was only when my parents would come, and I saw some amazing jazz shows when my parents would come into town, but um, you know, th- that idea of basically like approaching it like almost a turntablist. Um, and and that's actually like one one of the comparisons that I see. I actually uh, recently picked up a copy on vinyl of um, DJ Shadow introducing, yeah, um, yeah, which like I mean I love that record and I hadn't listened to it in I don't even know how long. You know, one of those things I hadn't even realized it had been so long since I listened to it. Um, and I looked it up recently and it's not available streaming anywhere. I assume because of copyright issues, probably um, yeah, yeah, with all the samples. You know, and so uh, my local shop had a copy of it and like leaving it there three or four times. I finally the last time I went in, I was just like, yeah, all right, you know, it's time to, to, to bring this home with me, you know. Um, and uh, listening to that, like a lot of the stuff on Universal Beings kind of reminds me of DJ Shadow or of, you know, turntablists, but then also producers and, um, you know, yeah, McCraven is definitely one of these drummers who... Um, I remember reading something a number of years ago um, when I was kind of getting like deep into jazz again when someone was saying that we've got this crew of jazz drummers coming up who are, um, you know, have studied Jay Dilla in the same way that they've studied Tony Williams or Max Roach. Right, 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 right. I mean, and like, and you know, you mentioned like the turntablists and like early hip hop and stuff. It was all about cutting this stuff up. You know, the, these albums have moved more towards um, a, a hip hop feel and that song isn't, but there are definitely mm-hmm. songs on here that are. In fact, uh, my good friend Marcus Moore from Bandcamp, mm-hmm. um, this is, you know, he put this in front of me and said, you know, this is like a, a weird live beat tape. And, and, it's, mm-hmm. and I'm paraphrasing there, but it, it really is um, this, this it, and mashup is not the right word. Yeah. But it, it's, it's taking uh, a, sort of a shared knowledge of something and still cutting it out and then still putting another filter on top of that. And it, uh, yeah. Filters on top of filters, and it just it 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 is an, it's something entirely uh, new and different. Like for every moment that I think like, hey, this sounds like the work of like Medeski, Martin, and Wood, because mm-hmm. look, this this there is well, Medeski, Martin, Wood is jazz, but they're also they're like for lack of a better term, jam jazz, right? Mm-hmm. They're, they're really popular with the with the jam band crowd, and the reason is is because they stretch out, um, and and they do. Uh, improvisation within within boundaries. I don't know mm-hmm. that I've ever seen him get too far out, um, but you know, w- by a lot of jams in those sis- instances are essentially vamps. Yeah, you know, yeah. You, you have somebody like vamping on a for like thirty minutes, <laughs> you know, which can be boring or mostly is boring in the wrong hands. In the right hands, it can be exhilarating. Yeah, and it and it can yeah. produce this feeling of hallucinating. A yeah. feeling of, of trance and everything. You um, want to want to get to another track uh, real quick. Uh, you pointed out the fifth monk. Now, why that one? 
So I, I mean, part of it, when I was thinking about which tracks to play and when you and I were talking about this a little bit, you know, Atlantic Black was, is in, in a lot of ways a standout mm-hmm. track, partially because it does sound a little bit different from a lot of the rest of the record. Um, and I was, you know, I'd been definitely thinking about that one. Um, it's interesting because I actually, I first heard of McKay McCraven when he, um, when I saw his name that the deluxe edition re-release of Jeff Parker, The New Breed, um, which is one of my favorite right. records of the last few years, um, when I saw, like, you know, that, that they were doing, that International Anthem was doing this, like, reissue of it, um, and I was looking at that and kind of like, all right, you know, what's different? Like, all right, reissue, cool. Like, you know, what, what else you, what, what else is on here? Um, and basically, I think the only change with the, the deluxe edition is adding um, this, like, nine-minute mix by McKay mm-hmm. McRaven. And I was kind of like, okay, like, interesting. I'll look that up. And it's funny because when I first heard that and saw a little bit about his approach i actually was kind of turned off at first to be perfectly honest sure um because partially like if i when i want to listen to jazz like i want to hear some of those mistakes i want to hear some of those things where please people are, are trying for something that they you know that, that doesn't want, necessarily work and, you want the humanity yeah i want the, yeah exactly yeah yeah it's about it's about like you know tell me who you are using whatever you know, horn or, or strings or, right. or drums, like whatever it is that, that you are banging on or blowing on, <clears throat> like tell me who you are through it, you know? And, and, and I, th- I think when people like um, are adverse to jazz, I think that's mm-hmm. an important component that they're missing. Um, yeah. Only on the very best records, jazz records, does that come across. Absolutely. A lot of times it doesn't. Um, when it yeah. does, it, it's fantastic. It's universally recognized. I think uh, Kamasi Washington, although he's, yeah. doing, he's doing more of a pop jazz type of stuff. But um, but the thing I think to key people into that and the power of it and why it is, uh, in my opinion, like that is the best live music you can see ever, mm-hmm. is that you get to see those mistakes, those human moments, yeah. and those and those like like just towering achievements that, yeah. that just occur and they're gone, and you understand that what you're hearing, even though it's not that, it is not that far removed. Yeah, and and a couple things quickly before we get to this track. Mm-hmm. I mean, for one, I'm actually seeing Kamasi for the first time on uh, this coming Wednesday. Oh my and, uh, god, it, it's a horrible time because we're like one week away. It, it's right before exam week at the school that I work yeah, at. Yeah. And we're one week away from break. Like exhaustion levels are just unbelievable at this point, you know. But at the same time, uh, it's just it's like, Kamasi. Yeah, Washington. I am going yep. to that show. Like it's going to be amazing, you know. Um, so there's there there's that. But then, um, it's. Uh, I mean, the thing, like, the thing that's so exciting about jazz now, um, is that what jazz was doing right at the beginning when it, when it first becomes a form of art is taking a whole bunch of different sounds that are unrelated seemingly and mm-hmm. blending them together into this entirely new and exciting thing. And that's what's happening again right now yep. um, with hip hop, funk, soul, yep. um, you know, all these different approaches, electronic music of, of every different form that you can think of, you know. And not um, with the new Grizzly Bear album. <laughs> not, not with indie rock. I'm sorry. Like, I'm yeah. sorry, yeah. indie rock. You got to, you got to sit back for a minute. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're, you're holding on for a few, for a little bit here. Yeah. Um, you know, unless you're Mitski, we're kind of like ignoring you right now. Yeah, um, yeah. But, um, but like you know, we we have this just like extremely exciting stuff that's happening, and and a lot of it for me has been um, these things. You know, getting back to why I, I selected the Fifth Monk um, as the track. Like one of the things that I'm loving. Um, in a lot of my favorite recent jazz records, you know, when I started like getting 
deep back into jazz a few years ago, it was through Miles and through Coltrane and sure, Ornette sure. and like, you know, the, the classics, you know, um, and just remembering what great music that is. And it had been a little while since I'd spent a lot of time with it. Um, and then I was just kind of like, oh, wait a minute. Like, oh, th- this stuff is happening now, huh? Like, cool, yeah. you know, and, and, you know, I fully admit, like a lot of it was through Kamasi. A lot of it was through... Um, you know, um, tip of butterfly, um, you know, Ambrose, I can however, I am probably mispronouncing that, but his new record is incredible. Um, people, people like, uh, and pe- people that, uh, speaking of any rock, people from the indie rock world, Nails Klein has been yeah. huge. His work with Julian Lage is, yeah, you know, oh, I will hold amazing. that up against anything. Yeah, Lage, I had held off listening to him for a while, and you know, as as a guitar player, or well, I guess we, you know we're both guitar players, yeah, but yeah. Um, you know, it's kind of just you listen to him, you're just kind of like, oh god, damn, like yeah, it's like what, I'm, how, <laughs> like what? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's rare. It's it's been a while since I've been kind of like so blown away by the creativity of you know somebody with these different sounds, and but anyway, like one of the things that I've been really excited about is this. You know, I'm, I'm again, I, I'm an ambient musician. I'm a drone musician right right. um you know it's funny that i was kind of turned off by mcraven because he's doing loops and and production because that's (laughs) what i do with instruments you know i'm playing bass and guitar and keyboards but i'm looping and and so like i don't know you know maybe it was i don't don't, know anyway we won't we won't psychoanalyze that um that would be a different podcast (laughs) um but uh I've been really excited by a lot of this kind of drone jazz. You know, it's not the first time that it's happened. There is precedent, no. but like, you know, groups like the Necks, um, you know, have been killing it um, with this kind of thing for a long time now. Um, Joshua Abrams, Natural Information Society, um, mm-hmm. you know, that they're like doing some amazing stuff. Um, and so a lot of this stuff that, um, you know, like ambient music or drone music sounds like it's the same thing over and over again. But if you're actually paying any attention, right. it is different every single right. time. And, you know, I, I get that a lot with my work where people are kind of like, well, it's just the same thing for eight minutes. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like no, it, no, it's actually not. <laughs> you know, it's, it's really not. And, and that's one of the things that I loved about the fifth monk is that mm. like, you know, it's another track. I think it's, it's eight minutes, nine minutes, something like that. Um, you know, and it's another track that is showcasing these great players. Josh Johnson is playing on it, and Jeff Parker, um, Anna Butters, who is a, a new name um, to me, but on bass, and, and her stuff is, is incredible on this. And, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so yeah, I mean, this, this track just just kills me well, in that kind of like super repetitive but beautiful thing. Let, let's hit it so they know what we're talking about. Thank you. 
All right, uh, you know, that is just essential smoothness. <laughs> and it <laughs> keeps going on and on. And yet, I mean, you know, you hear smooth jazz and like, you know, especially those of us who are like really into music, it's just like, oh, no, smooth jazz. No, thank you. You know, but yeah. but <laughs> that is so smooth in the best of possible ways. What, what do you think? Um, and this is something I've been thinking about a lot about this album and a lot of the conversations I've been having with artists um, and getting into like what music actually is. What is Universal Beans doing to our brains? Because oh, man, <laughs> because, because man, I I listen to this thing. I mean, it it's it's a long album, mm-hmm. and it and like you said, it, it, it there's a lot of repetition, but it's not really. It's like incremental changes um, throughout the whole thing. But I feel so good after I listen to it. That's the biggest thing in general. I mean, the. Like I said, jazz is doing this thing right now where it's it's coming back to its roots, I think, in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. of bringing together all these amazing types of sounds. I mean, I think a lot about what Louis Armstrong first did, um, you know, in terms of taking these sounds that other people were doing that were amazing, but bringing them together and making it make sense, really, for the first time. You hear anything yeah. pre-him, and it's like, yeah, there's moments of brilliance, but it just doesn't all click. And then suddenly there comes in this guy who just makes it all make sense. And yeah. right now, there's just a ton of those people out there, you know? Um, and that's the thing that I think is most like, I mean, here we are in this absolute shit show of a time period, <laughs> yeah. you know, where yeah. everything just seems so hopeless and so like, I mean, I'm spending half of my time in just complete and utter despair. Right. And yet the thing that is saving me, the thing that is like giving me something to look forward to, and this has always been the case, that like music is what makes me excited. It's what gives me reason and, and you know, like it, mm-hmm. it, it, it's the important thing, really. Like we all have our things, you know, and, and, and for those of us who are music geeks, like that's it. And so there's just something about I mean, this record, you know, when we were talking about Lonnie Holly's myth, we talked some about um, Harmony of Difference by Kamasi. Yeah, yeah. Um, You know, and that's definitely one of these records. Um, you know, I mentioned Joshua Abrams, um, D- Jeff Parker, you know, The New Breed, like a lot, just so many of these albums that have been coming out, um, or people like Ambrose um, Akimusiri, and, and again, I might be pronouncing that wrong, but... Um, you know, it, like they're having these political messages put into them, um, which I think is really great. And, you know, this album does um, at towards the end have the Brighter Days beginning track that mm-hmm. is like gorgeous tunes in the background. But people kind of like discussing this, just this kind of like, like, what is this? And, and at one point somebody says, we are universal beings, you know, we're not yeah. this one thing. And it's just like this stuff is giving me hope and it's making me feel optimistic even when logically that doesn't work and right, that's what right. i think this kind of trans-inducing thing is doing to the brain you know the, the, the yeah yeah question like it, it logically when i think about things <laughs> it's it's not seeming great to put it mildly but there's something about this stuff that when i put these sounds on it's just like it's all right well the, there's also like the people are looking for a scheme Right. Yeah. And people always look for escape. And whether you yep. find that in drugs, alcohol, uh, cats, <laughs> you know, what, <laughs> yeah. whatever, whatever you find it in. And some stuff can be damaging. Some stuff can right. not. In music, though, uh, the general form of escape is sort of like it, we associate that with pop. We associate that with like, this is fun. This reminds me of like mm-hmm. I was out dancing or I was doing something or other. And, and we don't often um, associate escape with nourishment. Mm-hmm. And I think I think what this, like you mentioned, harmony of difference, uh, more so than any of Kamasi Washington's records, yeah, 
Um, and that's yeah. why that is, I think it's your favorite too of his. Oh yeah, by far. <clears throat> yeah. I love his stuff, but, but that one's. But that, yeah. yeah. Um, and myth is that, uh, it, uh, by Lonnie Holly is that the, the, it is an escape, but there is also nourishment to be had. Um, this is opposite ends of the spectrum from myth. Myth is, Entirely. myth should, think about this, myth should by all means make you feel bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It, it, it should, yeah. and instead, it is an uplifting, righteous, um, just an egalic experience where you're just uh, you're set free for a while. Yeah, and uh, very much in the same way as this, you know, this there isn't um, that verbal component for most of the album, so you don't you don't really need to, you know, you can only go on basically the sounds that you're letting in, yeah. and it requires you to, to like to do, do the work. You have to tune in. You have to like follow this where it goes. And then once you do, though, I think something else is happening, and it's mm-hmm. not um, – it's just sort of tricking you into, like, getting to a place where you can escape, where you can um, feel okay, where you can not worry about or not even not even recognize, mm-hmm. like, the shitstorm of the darkest timeline. Yeah. And that's um, what any good art should do is, is you know, correct, yeah. reflect and, and have elements of – the horror and beauty of life, you know, um, it's certainly mm-hmm. what I attempt to do with my work. It's what I love about any sort of great work, it, you know, great art of any form from any time period. You know, you look back at whether you're talking about, you know, Dutch masters paintings or, you know, Jackson Pollock, <laughs> or if yeah, you're talking yeah. about, um, you know, obviously like sound, it, you know, works in a very different way. But I mean, you know, there is something that does, trigger the brain, I think, in a different way about sounds. I think, you know, music hits people in a different sort of way. And, you know, when you look historically at time periods where people like, you know, really in the early period of America before America would introduce all these amazing forms of popular music, like you really had either music that was religious and created for pure devotion to God, or you Mm -hmm. had music that was created for fun. And you know, American music really takes off when you start blending those things together. And whether you're talking about that being early jazz, or you're talking about blues or spirituals or field haulers or any of that stuff back then, or if you're talking about Sam Cooke, like, you know, it's, I mean, or if you're talking about John Coltrane, like, you know, kind of the great spiritual figure of modern music in a lot of ways, like, you know, it, it, there is just something that hits about sound, um, that, it hits you in the gut, it gets, and, and, it and does. the gut yeah. being being just uh, uh, just a nebulous term, uh, but it really does hit you in the gut. I mean, you go through this. There's a, another track that I really love, "Tall Tales." Mm-hmm. Uh, reminds me of a lot of Colin Stetson's work. What he does often is just with a saxophone. It's saxophone and breath, mm-hmm. wildly inventive, mm-hmm. uh, wildly percussive, uh, more so than uh, most jazz that I've ever heard. Yeah, but it, it does so in the um, when you listen to that. It isn't repetition like this, but it does. The, it's the same effect. Yeah, you start paying attention to the clacking of the keys, and all of a sudden, right. you're in his world, and and he's got you for a while. Yeah. That's really bad if you're, for example, listening to the Hereditary soundtrack, which is amazing, <laughs> but it's horrifying. Right. Um, but but you know, on some other stuff, there's some really beautiful work, and he he 
crosses back and forth into those different realms. Well, it's funny because uh, I saw Colin Stetson play here in Portland, Maine. Um, yeah. It was, I mean, it was amazing, but it was also one of the most terrifying shows I've seen in a lot of right, years. Right, right. Like, I mean, the dude is ripped for one thing. Like, he's an yeah. intense looking dude to me because you, yeah. you, you have to be to play the, the horn that big. Um, but it's uh, but it's just like, yeah, it's super intense music. And, um, you know, and it was a really... Um, just, just one of the most powerful shows I've seen in a long time. Yeah. Um, you know, and then I think about something like, um, I don't know if you heard, um, uh, uh, Felt by Nils Fromm. Um, no, no, no. That's, I mean, he, he's, I, I listen to a lot of modern classical stuff. Um, and, um, his record Felt is this really gorgeous, um, uh, it's all piano. Um, and apparently the deal is that he was basically like, practicing in his apartment um and didn't want to bother the neighbors so he put felt pads over oh i've heard about this keys. yes oh my and god it's yeah gorgeous and yeah. it's it's, it's yeah. the thing like i mean it's what you're like the, the piano music is stunningly beautiful without yeah. a doubt but you're getting because of the because of the way it is mic'd and because of the fact that he's got these felt pads that dampen the sound um like you can i mean it, it is without a doubt a piano record but you also are hearing the creak of the piano bench you're hearing right. his fingers occasionally right. hit the keys like and that just does give it i mean it's it's humanity in a certain way like it gives yeah. it a, a sense of just like this is someone creating this in a way that you know even something like keith jarrett the cold concert like you just it's hard to imagine that a human being is actually doing that yeah. you know yeah um and there's something that that's like very um you know very fragile and beautiful about hearing these shifts as he you know like probably like his lower back is bothering him sitting on this piano bench and he right. shifts and you hear this creak you know and it's just like there's something so powerful about that in an entirely different way than colin stetson and and, and something uh, that's something that is powerful about this as well in universal beings there are little moments where you hear an yeah. audience or you hear somebody in there yeah. and, and and you know you've been immersed in this like like strange universe of just this sound and all of a sudden there's just a reminder to be like hey there's the world's out there but yeah. it, it's cool i I, yeah. I just um i i mean i, I love this record it's uh, so this good. is and easily one of the year's best and um yeah yeah and, and you know one other thing that that you know i think is is really important to bring up with this record in general um is let's be honest you know the history of jazz is largely a boys club yeah. Um, you know, not entirely. Um, you know, you have your Mary Lou Williams, you know, you have <laughs> your Alice Coltrane, you know, like there's, there's obviously a lot of amazing players. Um, but every one of these groups, um, has at least one woman, um, in there, you know, Nubia Garcia, yep. who is killing it over in London right now. Um, her most recent EP is incredible. Um, you know, and, you know, Anna Butters, I mentioned in the bass earlier, you know, Tamika Reed, um, like there's just, it's, it's such an amazingly, you know, great group of people in general. Yeah. Um, and I did read something where McRaven is basically just saying like, oh yeah, that was very purposeful. You know, the fact yeah. that I'm making sure that someone you know, is included in each of these things and, you know, inclusivity and equality and all those things like that's kind of important these days. So yeah, for, for sure, man. So McKay McRaven's universal beans is out now. I think the vinyl's out already, but if not, it is. um, it's yeah. split into like four, uh, the, just go out and get it, everybody, because <laughs> this is um, this is. Uh, I think without hyperbole, this is uh, kind of announcing a different, maybe a whole different like genre of jazz. Yeah, like there's going to be interesting a, to see where this goes. This is the start, and this is this is this is amazing work. Uh, yeah. Thanks so much, Wes, for hanging out, and um, 
if you ever want to go down and see Lonnie Holly, <laughs> let me know. Let me <laughs> Let's know. be in touch. Let's be in touch. We'll, check, touch. we'll check the school calendar. Um, we're going to take a quick break and come back. I'm going to tell you a little bit about Braxton Cook, and then we're going to get out of here. So uh, hang tight. Thanks, as always, to Wes for taking time to hang out and talk about this stuff. That was, um, uh, I think you could tell we both love that album. Hopefully, uh, now you love it. Hopefully, you've been listening to it. Hopefully, you listened to it before this. Hopefully, you'll listen to it after this. It is a, um, it, it's unique. It is unique. It is special. And uh, and we need more of that in the world. But uh, for now, uh, that'll do. We make do with what we got. Um, before we get out of here this week, I said I want to introduce you. Or reintroduce you to a little uh, music by a guy by the name of Braxton Cook. This is a guy who grew up in the uh, in the DMV in Maryland, and uh, and and he's a he's a jazz saxophonist by trade, but also a vocalist, and is doing some really unique things. Instead of you know pursuing the trad jazz trajectory and stuff, he's making um, it's it's music fused with like hip hop and soul and just jams, and it's uh, it's it's kind of a wild mix, and also wild because it's just. Uh, he does it so well. Uh, he also mixes with stuff like the Weather Report. But there's guitar in this album that sounds like Al DiMiola, who's honestly is the reason I picked up the guitar in the first place. Um, so it's all over the place while putting it in a package that that people are going to listen to and hear and be like, "Yeah, I, I like this. This sounds almost like pop music." Um, his remarkable talent. His new album out called No Doubt. Uh, so we're going to play the track for you, the title track from that. So here you go. This is uh, Braxton Cook with the song No Doubt from the album of the same name.
name of the track is No Doubt. The name of the album is No Doubt. It is out now. And uh, go get it. Check it out. Dig on it. It is great. You have my, you have my word that this album, uh, if these are the sounds that resonate with your soul, this album uh, will please you. And, um, and that's what, you know, that's why we listen to music. That's why we do all this stuff. Uh, so hopefully, uh, we may have him in the studio or may, uh, we may get up with him at some point to talk about this, talk about, uh, his, his life in jazz and, um, because he is a remarkable talent and, uh, can't wait to see, I'm going to enjoy the shit out of this. Can't wait to see what he does next. That is it for this episode of Chunky Glasses, the podcast. If you like what you heard, tell your friends. Subscribe to us on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Leave us a radio message there. You can also listen to us on Google Play, Mixcloud, Stitcher, and Spotify. We are out on the uh, socials, as it were, on Twitter and Instagram at, at Chunky Glasses. And Facebook is just uh, slash Chunky Glasses. Always uh, go to our site, www.chunkyglasses.com. And uh, there you can see the live coverage of Mauricio Castro and Avery Junius. And we are adding um, a whole lot of photographers uh, as sort of we transition and just open our Midwest office. Uh, so Alex Scheldorf is up there. He used to be here in D.C. Um, and uh, you're going to see a whole different range of live coverage from there, not just from D.C. and not just uh, the D.C. scene or the main D.C. venues. It's, uh, it's pretty exciting. That's going to be coming in the next month, maybe early in the new year. Coming up in the next few weeks, uh, first of all, vote. This is on Friday. It's coming out on, on Tuesday. You have to go and vote. Just do it. I know you all read the article about the millennials who didn't vote. Like, that's trash. Just fucking, we're all in this together. Stop being selfish. Think of, like, your neighbor. Think of how your actions affect other people and just go out and vote. I don't give a fuck who you, well, I do give a fuck who you vote for, but it, you know, if you don't, then they win. And I think you know who they are. So, um, so just do it. Well, we might have a little, little bonus podcast here talking about this. Uh, but, uh, but really, it all comes down to, uh, do your damn job, go out and vote, and then, uh, and then get on with your life. Do whatever you like after that. We, we are like fine with you to do whatever you like. Just get out and vote. Um, beyond that, uh, going to be talking with Miriam McLaughlin. She has a new album out. Uh, came out last week. Uh, going to be talking about her. We're going to her place, Holy Underground, up in Baltimore. And uh, talking uh, with Melissa Wright of Minx Miracle Medicine. Those are going to be on the all in the same ap- episode. And uh, that one, I've already talked to her. It's a fun conversation about space aliens, acid, and uh, and edibles. So you got that to look forward to. And then we're going to start winding down the year. We have a, a couple... Uh, couple album reviews rounds up we've been wanting to talk about laura gibson's new album for a while we there's a lot of them we haven't been able to get to because it's basically shit but we are going to get to them and then uh and then we'll just ease on into december and then uh we'll ease on out of dc and then come back something new and hopefully you guys will stay but that's it we're out of here get out and see some live music this week go out and vote but uh more importantly be good to your be better to your people we'll talk to you soon